Miss You Day Chicago is a church made of congregations rallying around the singular vision of joining God in the renewal of all things new. If you like what you hear, stay tuned for more information. I don't think I have to convince most of us in Chicago that resting is a commodity in present day life. It is a huge commodity that we need, but just to set the context, let's just get into it a little bit. Um, You know, in Japan, in the 90s, there was this Japanese word called kuroshi. And kuroshi was a phenomenon by most young poster child uh, Japanese young men of the financial industry that were working 80 hours a week um, who ended up committing suicide. And it was, kuroshi means death by overwork. And if that's true there, I know that we might not feel that temptation, but there is a sense of tiredness, soul tiredness, even in this search for me of like trying the weightiness of the finances and all that, there was a soul tiredness for me that I just feel a complete new release from. Um, I've been thinking of this quote by Richard Exley, who says this, tell me if you resonate with this, I'm tired, Lord, bone weary from the inside out. I'm tired of constantly cluttered desk and an overcrowded calendar. I'm tired of problems I can't solve and hurts I can't heal. I'm tired of deadlines and decisions, duties done without any pleasure. My creative juices are at a low ebb. I have no inspiration, no insight, no freshness. I can't remember the last time I walked barefoot outside and took time to smell the air after the rain. I can't recall the last time I smelled coffee just to pause and enjoy it. I want to feel, I want to laugh, I want to cry, I want to live life to the fullest, I want to love and be loved. Many of you know that tired, worn out, burnout feeling. And I think we've, we've, we've kind of hurried very fast and quickly after the pandemic to where we have this kind of franticness um, to enjoy life. You know, busy, whenever you talk to somebody, how, you know, how are you doing? Busy. Oh, I'm busy. Busy is just code for important, right? Like, when's the last time you're like, hey, Brian, um, how are you doing? I'm just bored. I'm just bored out of my mind. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm just like, I don't, I'm just, I don't have any Anything, like, we wouldn't say that. Like, like busy is code for important. And um, studies reveal that 37% of Americans take fewer than seven days of vacation a year. And in fact, only 14% take vacations longer than two weeks. And Americans take the shortest amount of paid vacations. And even when we do vacations, we do it very poorly. I remember when I took a sabbatical of three months off in 2016, 2017, And it took me two weeks just to get off the treadmill of like, and then even then I created new treadmills. I was like created this research project that I was going to do. And and then I had a house project I was going to do. And then I just kept creating treadmills. And it took me probably three to four weeks to finally receive the gift of rest. And even when we do take two-week vacations, we still have these labor-saving devices that um, we tether ourselves to for work. Uh, and we never fully embrace the state of rest. So a lot of times when our culture rests, we, we, we get to like here when God's version of rest is like here. We, we're doing like a, what Eugene Peterson called was like a bastard version of Sabbath. Um, and so we, we don't full, we might have time that's relaxing, but we don't cultivate practices that are renewing. And um, what I want to encourage you today is to um, consider the, the, the way of Jesus, which is a practice of Sabbath rest. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, and the thing that also, the, the digital age has 
brought a barrier that's competing stimulus with our attention. Like we just did, um, some of you did a, we did a digital reset, an online class, ironically enough, Zoom was helpful. But we did a digital reset where we did some practices and we started off with the practice of don't open your phone for the first 30 minutes when you wake up and the last 30 minutes when you sleep. And then we graduated to that to the first hour, don't look at your phone for the first hour that you wake up and don't look at your phone the last hour that you sleep. So what would it look like? Think about what do you do the first moment you wake up, like before you go to work, like what are the first things you do? Um, and these uh, competition for our attention that, that happens. Um, there's a book I would encourage you um, called Praise of Slowness. Uh, there's actually a TED Talk in a book, um, and he starts off with the observation, and the chapters are this, slow sex, slow food, slow rest. I have your attention now. Um, he started realizing that he was reading... Um, he, he, wanted to, he found these books of reading one-minute Bible stories to his children. He started to get so caught up in his work that he began to use management techniques for bedtime stories with his children. So confession moment. How many of you have ever skipped a line of a children's book reading to a child? If you're not, come on. You, we, we rob our children of beautiful stories to save time, right? I mean, like, can't think about this for a moment. Like, this is a child and a beautiful story, and we have to skip a line because we're in a hurry. Oh, say that again? Only skip the lame books. So um, that's how much of a hurry we are in. Now, I joke um, not using, I, I joke and transition that in terms of that's, I can feel a little shaming at times, but um, shame, by the way, is not, is hard work. So if you are motivated to rest by shame, just don't do it. Uh, shame is very hard work to work with, and rest is never done out of shame or guilt. So today, as we encourage you to practice this, this is not an obligation. It is a command, but it is a gift, and it is a gift that God wants to give you. It's you know, the Jewish practice of Sabbath, they would often relate it to language of marriage and say something like, let marry the day. And I think that imagery is very beautiful because in our covenant relationship, there's the honeymoon stage and it's a gift. But then you start to look at your partner and be like, yeah, they need to be a little more like me in this area. And maybe I should develop them this way. And that gift no longer can become a gift. It can be a burden. And I think if we're not careful, we can look at Sabbath as a burden and not a gift. And I think that, the, I've been thinking about this, like, why is that sometimes a burden? Why is rest a burden for us? And I think it's because we don't want to have to sit with the discomfort of our life. We don't want to have to sit with, um, to have a healthy relationship with us, ourselves. Because of a healthy relationship with us, we have to accept the reality of present and not busy yourself in the future. So we're going to get into that. Um, but I think a lot of times we want to avoid that sense of, of, of space because it's uncomfortable. Um, everyone wants to slow down, but do it in a hurry, right? It's like, let me get a book on the six tips, the seven, five, whatever's like, how, like we want to, we want a quick fix of how to do this and race against the clock. We've got speed walking, We've got speed dating, nothing wrong with speed dating, but blessed in the name of Jesus, but it's just every, just naming things with speed in them. But we lose sight of the damage of this roadrunner mentality. And think about, like, when's the last time America had a collective sense of rest? When do we, it was the first week of the pandemic, when we were hearing news of loved ones dying, and 
we held our children or loved ones a little closer. And the, when was the last time America had a sense of rest? Before that was probably 9-11, when everyone left their jobs, went home, and mourned the loss of what happened in New York. So the tragedy is it takes a tragedy to cause us to rest. And that's not just true collectively, that's true of us individually. It takes a tragedy for you to rest, and that's the tragedy. It might take a broken arm, it might take a loss of a loved one, it might be a sickness, but there, we, have, we rely on these things for rest when God's like, this was meant to be a rhythm, a weekly rhythm of rest. And so it takes a wake-up call that we are hurrying our lives. And it's an illness of burnout. And um, Jesus' way of rest was this, come to me. Come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So in context of this phrase, he said this in the middle of a, a crowd in which there was Pharisees who were basically had laws upon laws upon laws of the right way to do life. And they, they would say, come follow me as your rabbi. Come take up my yoke and my way as a rabbi, and this will give you um, eternal life. And there was a system and a strategy and a technique. And Jesus contrasts that message, that rat race, that prove yourself status, upkeeping, honor, shame, image bearing that you have to put out to the world. And he says, no, 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 no. My way leads to life. This way leads to death. We We aren't going to gain this insight listening to secular wisdom. Jesus will only be seen as beautiful and desirable when the church rests, when we rest collectively. And Jesus is not glorified and seen as beautiful and desirable if the church is burnt out the exact same way the world is. So if the church is burned out the exact same way the world is, what makes Jesus attractive with that? Uh, we, we must be set apart. So I just want to kind of get into some of the scriptures on Sabbath rest with you and, and get into what Jesus said on Sabbath. Um, uh, one more thing, on, I'm going to just focus on Jesus on Sabbath. One more thing, many people think Jesus is anti-24-hour Sabbath rest because he never like, said explicitly. Jesus was not against 24-hour Sabbath rest. Jesus was against the abuse of 24-hour Sabbath rest. That's why he often would do miracles on the Sabbath and contract, uh, contradict the, the teaching and the legalistic mindset of, of the Pharisees teaching on Sabbath rest. Jesus was an anti-Sabbath rest. Jesus was anti-abuse of Sabbath rest. Um, so what is Sabbath? I'm glad you asked. Uh, uh, Pete Scazzaro in Emotional Healthy Spirituality says this, the word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word to cease, to stop working. It refers doing nothing related to work for a 24-hour period each week. It refers to this unit of time around which we are orienting our entire lives as holy meaning separate from the other six days of creation. Sabbath provides an additional rhythm uh, for an entire reorientation of our lives around the living God. On Sabbath, we imitate God by stopping our work and resting. And so in Genesis is the first time we get this mentioned. And in Genesis 2, it said, God saw all that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and morning the sixth day. So the heavens and the earth were finished with all their forces. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had been doing so on the seventh day, he stopped all of his work that he had been doing, and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, meaning set apart, because on God stopped all his creation that he had been doing. So he, he then, um, when he created Adam and Eve, 
Adam and Eve wake up on day seven for God. Um, we believe these are probably, you know, metaphorical. We can hold another sermon on that. Um, you can believe whatever, you know, lots of good room to believe whether it's literal or figurative. But when Adam and Eve met God for the first time, it was day seven for God, but on them it was day one. And instead of, I mean, Adam and Eve had to wake up. I mean, think about this, like, what is this place? Like, these trees, these animals, like, let's name these animals. Let's make a, like a, like a house with these trees. Let's, let's start cultivating God. No, 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 Like, this is just a day of rest. This is a day for you to enjoy me and enjoy what I've made and just be in awe of it. And what a good God. Like, back uh, centuries ago, they, civilizations have tried to change the seven-day work rhythm to a 10-day work rhythm. And there was suicide rates throughout the roof when they did that. And they were like, this doesn't work. Let's go back. I mean, how good is your God that he invented the weekend? <laughs> that he loves you that much. That he's like, you need a day of rest. Like, you need time of rest. Um, our God created this gift to us to enjoy. And um, our culture's version of rest often, like I said, is, is this sense of um, working, 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 resting. And rest was meant to look, we often avoid the work we've done the week before. Rest is meant to look back at the work you've done just like God and say, look what I've done. And everything that I haven't done, that's good too. But look at everything that I've made. Um, actors sometimes will talk about this, that they can't like go back and watch what they've produced. Like they can't go back and, it's just too painful to go back and, and see it. You know, you, you hear some of them that have that, that struggle. Uh, to, to do so. And um, writers often are not quite sure how to relate to their own work. Um, but a good friend will say, let's go have dinner and celebrate what you did, and let me tell you all the awesome things about it. That's what God is like. He is that good friend that pauses you and slows you down and says, let's celebrate all that you were able to, to do. Um, and then, you know, in the creation accounts, there's all these similarities between the Arcadians, the Babylonian account, all the different religious narratives of creation. They're all really similar. But the only creation story that, that has Sabbath and a day off in this narrative is the Judaic Christian story. So we should be parting our faces off right now that our God says rest. And we should be a people of rest. Um, so second place that Rest comes up is in Exodus, Exodus 20, the passage Stanley read. It says, be mindful on the Sabbath day to make it holy, which means set apart. Six days you can serve and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath for your Yahweh, your God. You will not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male and female servants, the resident alien within your settlement. Because in the sixth day, Yahweh made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Um, did, you, did you notice anything different in that passage? Um, in, in that narrative compared to, to kind of what we talked about before. There was a, an, an introduction of who else should get rest. Your resident alien in your place should get rest. Like the, your, your servants, back then they had slaves. They, they should get rest. So rest is a practice of justice. Rest is not just for us. It's rest for our neighbors. It is rest for everybody. And rest is a, is a rhythm that we must have in order to do justice. Because um, you think about this, you know, did you know that environmentalists, 
and I'm sorry I'm talking a lot about suicide rates, but they have the highest suicide rate because when you work your butt off to see change and you don't see it, you start to give up hope. And Sabbath is for the person who's toiling to work hard for justice. Because if you don't, you become that angry justice person. You know, that, that person who's, who's just not the compassion justice person, but that person who does justice from a place of anger. And so if you're a follower of Jesus and you want to do justice, you can't do it from a place of compulsivity, but you must do it from a place of rest. And then we will look at this other passage um, in, in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy just means second law. It's like, let's go over that whole law thing again. Um, make sure you got it. And uh, in Deuteronomy, it says, guard the Sabbath day, sanctifying it as Yahweh your God has commanded you. You can serve six days and do all your work. We've done all this already. We've talked about this. Your female servant, yep. Ox, your donkey, it's good news for your pets to get some rest. Um, your male and female servants may rest like you. Next slide. You are to keep in mind that you were a servant in Egypt, but Yahweh your God brought you out from there with a strong hand and an extended arm. That is why Yahweh your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So now we get something extra again that's adapted into why we rest. Is Remember, you were once slaves in Egypt. You were under Pharaoh's reign and rule. Pharaoh had Israel under a brick quota. You had to produce a certain amount of bricks each day. You had to produce for the society. And God is saying, you know what? It's going to set you apart, Israel, is to communicate, you know what? We are free. We do not live under the tyranny of the empire. We do not live under the God of exploitation. We don't live under the God of consumption. We don't live under the God of oppression. We are free, and we are set apart, and we are different. We worship a God who gives us rest, and we follow him alone. Our employer is not our God. God is our God. So rest is a form of resistance against the gods of consumption and exploitation and the gods of, of, of slavery, not in modern-day slavery, but that too, but our own slavery that we put ourselves in of the rat race of trying to prove ourselves, of trying to keep up, of trying to live the American dream of, I need to go, my kids to go to a good college so that they can then have a great job and so that I can feel special about them. That rat race of focusing on that narrative, God frees us from that. Isn't that good news? That rest is a form of resistance against the pharaohs of this world. And this was so crazy that, um, you know, even it's kind of, this doesn't, this doesn't um, vibe with what's going on with the world today with Israel and Gaza. But back then, everyone loved to fight the Jews because the Jews would refuse to fight offensively on the Sabbath. So it's like, I, I want to, yes, everybody was at war back then. War is just normal. It's just everybody's fighting, fighting, fighting. But the Jew says, we will not fight offensively on the Sabbath day. That there is the sense of being free from the ways of this practice. I love William Wilberforce. He said that if it weren't for the Sabbath, he would not have, he would have given up much earlier on his fight against British slavery. And so we need this rest for, for not, not only is it holy, is it a day of worship, we need it for rhythms of justice to sustain us, and we need it for a sense of resistance in our own heart. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard <laughs> this phrase, it's something like an old pastor would say, you know, like a, old, like a I don't know, maybe a conservative or fundamental church or something, he's like, I'm not going to take a day of rest because the devil doesn't take a day of rest. Have you ever <laughs> you heard that? It's like, let's just model ourselves after the devil. That would be great. 
Yes. That's why he's the devil. He's exhausted. <laughs> if he just took a siesta, we'd all be okay. <laughs> you know? And so this sense of, uh, theologically, it's interesting. If you look throughout the Bible, God is never busy and Jesus is never busy. You got the passage of prodigal son, God, the image of God running after the, the son for sure. But you never see Jesus busy. Your God is never in a hurry, frantically. In Job 1, when Satan talks to, the Satan figure talks to God and says, God says, where have you been, Satan? He goes, I've been roaming around the earth to and fro. That is the mission statement of most American individuals. I'm roaming around the world to and fro. So we're going to rest one day, whether we enter into it as a gift or we enter into it at the end of life. But when you can't find rest, when you're running around it to and fro, what if we put our fears aside that this asking of rest for 24 hours was this legalistic thing? And what if, what if this was the heart of God? Like, what if this is what God really wants for us? What if, what if this sense of rest was a gift that we need to marry again. Um, so I want to get close, getting really practical for a moment. How do we do this? How do we do this? Um, Marva Dawn wrote a book on this, and she uses four words that I'm going to copy and guide. I think they're good words. Um, and the, so how do we do this? The first thing is cease. Cease is to stop. So for me, um, most of you, may, hopefully Sunday is your Sabbath rest as a pastor, I practice a Jewish Sabbath rest, which is Friday night to Saturday night, 24 hours. Um, and the first thing we should cease, I would consider, and I, can, I, this is me search as well, things I need to work on, is our phone. Like how many, of, how many of us have one of these that there's a little off button right here, and when you turn it off, the little apple appears, and it's like, return to Eden. It's my reminder, you know, like, return, and it's a cheesy dad joke, but... You know, return to Eden. You've eaten the wrong fruit, right? Like, like you know, sorry for you Android people. You wouldn't get it. But um, I got my phone stolen on my sabbatical when uh, out, we were taking photos at the Golden Gate Bridge, and my phone got stolen. And I was like, I'm just not going to get one. I, I just remember we did, I didn't have a phone for like, four, like three weeks, no phone. It was just incredible. Um, I tried to figure out how to keep that going, buying the, like, dumb phone, but I didn't. But... Um, yeah, this thing gets me. I'm, and I confess, this is, this is hard. This is like, I think this is the most under-discipled area of the Christian life right now, is this thing. It really is. It, it, we, we, have, we have to enjoy the presence. So cease is, 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 you know, cease from doing productivity. The Jewish tradition and Jewish writings would even say this. They would not underline in a book when they're reading on the Sabbath. That's, that's, so what, I was like, why? What is that? Because that is, I'm saving that for later to produce something later. I'm still in that mindset of production. I need to save this to come back to, to make something of it. Um, now, uh, I want to give you these without being legalistic because it's, you know, some of you may want to really rest with your hands, you know, gardening. All those are great. You don't need to think like no work, like no activity. Um, one Jewish rabbi said, if you rest with your mind, if you work with your mind, you should rest with your hands. And if you, if you work with your hands, you should rest with your mind. 
Um, for some of you, activity is going to be great for you on the Sabbath because you're, you're a thought leader. You're a, you know, you're, you're, you're a, a knowledge worker. Um, and so I want to encourage you just to, to cease. And in the Jewish Sabbath, the matriarch would light some candles and light seven candles, reflection of the Sabbath day rest. They light the seventh day candle officially to welcome in the Sabbath, and it shifts the atmosphere. And it doesn't have to occupy, you know, there's these things that, that we cease from. And the second thing is let go of control. Um, we let go of control. And in that moment of like, there's laundry to be done, like giving laundry, and it sounds cheesy, but give your laundry to the Lord, like give your dishes to the Lord. Like there's things that we are very hard for us to let go of control that are very small. Um, but there is a sense of letting go of control. Back to ceasing, I'm um, sorry, ceasing also future thinking. So this is going to be, this is the most intense challenge I would think for most of us. How do you practice on the Sabbath day rest of not planning ahead, talking about where we're going to plan our vacation, um, doing future thinking that takes you out of the present moment. That's, that, how do you cease that? That's, that's hard. That's really hard work to do. Um, but we do our best um, when we're not talking about the things we want. Practice to move our heart away from the slavery of greed and discontentment and restlessness and into contentment and presence. So cease from future thinking, control, and ambition, um, producing something. Okay, second thing. Um, cease, but second is Rest. Rest. I mentioned this already, so I'm not going to belabor the point. Um, but, you know, the, the, the Sabbath, another Jewish tradition is fathers would take a teaspoon of honey in the morning and give it to their little children to remind them that the Sabbath is sweet, um, that, that, that this is a time of, of rest and enjoyment. And, um, and so that, that's the second, uh, the next word is feast. So we need to feast, feast on the Sabbath. We need to do life with one another on the Sabbath. Some of you, when you picture the Sabbath, you're like, okay, that's just like listening to like worship music and reading my Bible. Like, yeah, it involves God. Absolutely. Like, we don't need to, you know, there's two pendulum swings. One is to like, be like, oh, let's just do self-care, which is important. And then there's, I see a lot of weird pastors knock self-care because they think it competes with God's way, which is ironic. They're all one, one thing. They're all practicing the same thing of what God wants to give to us. And I think it's a, it's a combination of, of that spiritual presence, but family presence and connecting. Um, and the second, the last word is embrace. Um, there's another one coming each time, each week. And uh, embrace God's word for you, that he's, you're, you're his son and daughter, and he's well pleased with you. Um, read books, just some practical things. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your children. Enjoy the people who make, mean the most of you. Take a walk. Walk before you drive. Take public transit before you drive. Maybe even Uber before you drive. Just mix things up. Count, um, go enjoy art. If you haven't been to the Art Institute in Chicago and you live in... Uh, I would... Uh, that's sad. <laughs> it's sad. Maybe. Go enjoy art. Yeah, I don't want you to feel guilt, but just go enjoy art. Take your family on a picnic. Sleep in. Train your kids to bring you coffee. Um, <laughs> drink good wine. When you make coffee, smell it. Read poetry. Um, practice the discipline of slowing down. Take the longer line in the grocery store. Um, do things that are not efficient, like holding a baby. Like, hold a baby. See, there we go. Practicing Sabbath rest. Not a crying baby, but just a baby. Like, that's the most inefficient thing you can do. There's nothing you can produce. It's just holding a resting baby. Um, I... I want to encourage you to, uh, to make a plan. Um, so we're going to pray. Damon, you can come up. I just want to encourage you practically to, today to make a plan, write it down. 
How are you going to practice Sabbath rest? What are you going to cease? What are you going to stop doing? And don't be legalistic with it. You're, you're going to, you don't, there's going to be days that you fail at this. That's not a big deal. There's another one coming, remember. Um, but what are you going to cease from doing? What are you going to, what are you going to, how are you going to rest? How are you going to embrace others? How are you going to feast with others and embrace God? Um, so let's pray. I want to pray that we would enter into this time. I'm going to give you just a, a minute of silence so you can meditate on that. How, what is this going to look like for you? Thank you so much for listening to this message from Missio Day Lincoln Square. If you'd like to know more about Missio Day Lincoln Square, please reach out to us at lincolnsquare at missiodaychicago.com.